Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I'm your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're talking about one of my favorite things, and that's marketing and, uh, you know, about magnetic marketing. What can we do to make sure that we're not just sending our message out there, but we are pulling people, the right people, to us? And my guest today is going to talk about this from a perspective of love, and I can't wait to talk about it. Ann Candido grew up at P&G, Procter & Gamble, for those of you who don't know for sure, but don't let that fool you. Her path was uh, not very traditional. After her first decade there, she was in R&D and product development. Her second decade, she was in brand marketing and communications. You know, they actually do fit. You might just not know it from uh, from the outside. But through this, Anne learned, and sometimes the very hard way, the imperative role that branding plays to cultivate successful individuals and, of course, businesses. And until or unless the world becomes run by robots, I hope that's not going to happen completely, there will always be a person on the other side of the sale. And you guys know that that's so important to me that we keep the personal in the sale. Now, because of this, though, it means the brand's ability to transform life in order to create an authentic relationship with that customer that they alone own, it will continue to be paramount that we look at branding to talk about growth. And she calls that brand love. Now, Anne's mission is to help all businesses and individuals within them realize their brand love potential. Oh, there's my potential. I love it. Because it doesn't matter the size of your business or how long you've been around or the number of people you have or the amount of money you make. Forming brand love connections. There we go. I want to make it a little heart. is possible and should focus. And it should be the focus of every step on the business journey. Now, it's how commodities become brands, how brands become franchises. And today she's going to help us make a little brand love. And thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, I love your concept of brand love. It makes me happy inside. So I get the highlights of your bio. Tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps brands to achieve and shock their potential. Yeah, I mean, and I can probably shock potential and a couple of different aspects of that because as you uh, cited, I have a very non-traditional path to branding and marketing. So I'm not a trained brand and marketer by my college degree. I'm actually a mechanical engineer by background. Oh, wow. And yes. And so that's what I spent my first decade at PNG really focused on. But in the context, and like you said, they are very, very related about being able to really understand how each one of the parts of our function play into the relationships that we need to build with consumers, customers, clients, whatever your brand and your business context is in order to form those those right relationships. And so as I progressed through my career, I decided I wanted to get kind of closer and closer to that part of the decision-making process, which then led me into brand communications and brand marketing and a more traditional format, but 
that's kind of where I got my education in branding and marketing was through a lot of experience, uh, through a lot of um, really just understanding how everything works and really being immersed in it. So a lot of times people are like, but I'm not like a trained marketer. Well, you don't have to be if you're willing to really put the effort in to understand branding and marketing. Because frankly, Michael, do you know on the one side of it, everybody's like, oh, I have a social page. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a marketer. It's like, no, proximity does not mean or familiarity does not mean you're a marketer. Right. You really have to really spend some time to understand it and understand what makes good marketing. Um, but then really realized in that part of my career journey that this idea of brand love is a fundamental way to really grow brands. I mean, I, at P&G, I was working on some very, very big brands, billion dollar brands. I and mean, Tide was one of my, my big ones. And, you know, when you think about Tide and, and if you were to go ask 10 people on the street, you know, what was what's the best laundry detergent? Nine mm-hmm. out of 10 people will tell you it's Tide. Yeah. Four will be buying it. Right. So if you know it's the best. Why are people buying it, right? And so that is the whole context of brand love. If you're not going to buy it because you know it's the best, which is kind of table stakes now, really, really, then you have to build an emotional connection to your brand in different ways in order to continue to grow your brand. That's how <laughs> tied a, a brand that's been around for 75 years makes over a billion dollars in revenue. That's the yeah. only explanation for it, right? So that is what we now do as part of Forthright People is really help businesses and really small and medium-sized businesses because there tends to be the ones that are kind of left behind and kind of tend to get, you know, not the such good marketing support that they could really deserve from agencies and, and individuals. We really help them understand what their potential is in order to really scale and, and, and really grow their business and their brands in a way that they didn't understand the potential before and be able then to see new space, new opportunities, new ways of scaling, new ways of getting more customers, new ways of being able to create more impact. So that's what we're about a fourth rate people. I, I love it. And as you were talking, two things. First of all, the fact that your background is in mechanical engineering, I love how you immediately tied that to understanding the core components and how they work together because you don't, I mean, there's a lot of tools and resources out there now to help you manage some of your social media, for instance. Um, But just because you can manage it and put stuff out there doesn't mean it's building that loyalty. You have to understand how all those pieces and parts work together to get to the end result. The second thing I was thinking of, and I I rolled my eyes at myself because there's been something that I know I needed to start doing again for a long time and I haven't. And it really established my brand in the beginning when I left corporate America to start this. And I have this, um, this thing on LinkedIn. And I remember I worked with a, you know, like a specialist on my, you know, LinkedIn profile and everything. And she's, you know, first said, she goes like, you know, you need to have at least 501 connections. So we talked about that and what kind of image and what you're putting out there. And so then I got really focused on what I call thoughts from the copy table. And it started out like thought of the day. And then it was like thoughts from the copy table because I'd walk my husband to work and I would see something like uh, one day, one day I saw a piece of candy corn that had been run over in the street, but it was perfectly, you know, uh, the right shape, but it was completely flat. And then I wrote a whole little, you know, 1300 character um, story about the candy corn, but how it related to leadership and sales, because that's where my sweet spot is. <laughs> sweet spot with candy corn. And I did. <laughs> and before you knew it, I had 18,000 connections. 
because of what I was doing. Well, then I got so busy doing other things in my speaking and training that that has fallen by the wayside. And I don't think I've put one out there for a year and a half. And I wrote the steps. I'm like, when you talked about building emotional connections to make my brand, I was like, those pictures were always ones I took. They were fun. They were funny, but it always had a lesson. People connected with it. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I had Anne on today because she was reminding me. <laughs> Kind of sucked at that when I lost it. What a ding dong! <laughs> well, I mean, you hit. The, I mean, you hit a really important point, Michael, which is it's about consistency, right? Yeah. Branding and marketing is about consistency. A lot of people think about branding and marketing as something that you go do, right? And there is executables associated with branding and marketing, but branding and marketing is really a philosophy, and the philosophy is about putting brand first, about thinking about your business from a, a, a standpoint of almost of it being like a tangible thing, right? So, and when you talked about how you would do your, your images, that's all part of creating a brand character that yeah. lets your brand have some life. And yeah. when your brand has life, your brand starts to kind of take on these emotional connections with people and helps that mean something to people beyond just the thing that you're selling. Because right. as sales-oriented folks, a lot of times that's where our focus is. It's like, I got to sell this thing. I got to sell this widget. I got to sell um, right. my service. I got to sell all these things. And that is very important. That's what, you know, you put a price tag on. Totally, yeah. totally legit. But the thing that gives you value, the thing that you're actually selling is that emotional connection that people are going to take away from the experience that they're having either through your product, through your service or through you. And as you yeah. talked about it, and like a lot of your listeners are just like us, which is they started in the corporate world. They're now gone to entrepreneurship, right? The big mm -hmm. thing that you kind of articulate hit right on the head is this whole concept of personal brand, right? Mm -hmm. Now you are your brand. So now you have to kind of disassociate yourself from who I was as a corporate, you know, person and wherever I was there and what I'm going to be now and how I'm going to establish myself as a brand in order to be able to pull people in. Because for a lot of times and a, for a long time as entrepreneurs, we are our brand and yeah. people are buying us. Right. And so being able to cultivate that and develop that is so critically important. Right. And that it really is. Um, and before we started taping too, I shared with you that a lot of our followers, you know, um, especially if they had a lot of success in corporate, um, you know, in corporate success is one thing. You have a job, you have a job description, you're hitting targets, whatever. And for a lot of people that respond and talk to me about our podcast guests and, you know, give us feedback, a lot of the talk is around I, I have not immediately achieved the same success in my business. Yes that I did in corporate. And yet I don't want anybody to look like I'm failing. So I'm pretending that I'm just doing awesome, but I'm really not. And I know there's these gaps and I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I'm ready to fill them all. Although I know I need to fill them in order to achieve that success. What role does what talk a little bit more about what role branding plays in that to help you make that transition? Yeah, I think that's a story I can tell as well. I mean, it was a, probably the mm -hmm. most humbling experience coming from a company like P&G where everybody took my call. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody took my call, right? I left P&G and you would think that like I was never there. Like then <laughs> nobody would take your call. And I'm like, is this really what it's going to be like? And then there was an, a, a level of, well, as I, you know, and you start to kind of having a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Of, am I really as good as I think I am? And yeah. I went through that. I went through that all for a long time. I was like, I, I think I'm really good. I mean, I, I I have the experience and the expertise that back it up. But am I really? 
And that's where it's so, so, so important to really start cultivating your personal brand. And our our personal brand, we see it in three different ways. It's your characteristics, which is who you are. I mean, those are not something you can change or what make you up in what um, you would describe yourself as being or somebody else would describe yourself as being, whether it's a psychographic profile or whether it is like a personality-based profile, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not right or wrong. They're just who you are. And then it's your appearance and your appearance is your ver- your verbal and your visual. So your verbal and your physical cues. A lot of times people just totally ignore the verbal and they just concentrate on the physical. What am I wearing? How's my hair look? You know, all those sorts of things versus what is my style with regards to the way I'm going to talk? How am I going to articulate? Um, do I talk very fast? Do I talk like me? I'm Italian. I talk with my hands, you know? So there's a style element of that. And then there's your behaviors and actions and your behaviors and actions are what manifest your characteristics and your appearance. And that's how you show up to the world. And that's what really builds your reputation, your credibility. And what we have found through um, uh, a lot of our coaching clients and a lot of our trainings is that making that switch of you know, cultivating your personal brand from kind of your corporate environment to more of this entrepreneurial, solopreneurial um, environment outside of your corporate world is the biggest transition you're going to have to make. And it is very important to really just be honest with yourself. Just don't judge it because a lot of times we judge it. Like you said, it's like, I should be doing better. I'm just going to fake it till I get get better. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes through this, guys. Everybody goes through it. So don't think you're alone. Don't think you're the only one that this has happened to. No matter where you came out of corporate, it happens to everybody. That being the case, then you can start building your personal brand from a place of authenticity, you can yeah. start using it as a way to create relationships and networking. That is the most important thing. Even if you're introverted, I'm sorry, I'm an introvert. You have to go create relationships. You have to get out there. You have to get your name out there and you have to start getting it out there in different circles um, mm-hmm. that are going to be important to you. And that is starting from the ground up. So don't come in pretending like, oh, I have my PNG 20 year experience. <laughs> Everybody's going to love me. They're going to know and they're going to see me walk in the room and they're going to like, you know, kind of be in awe. It's, it's not how it happens, right? Everybody's like, oh, p and Okay, big brand. Don't know anything about my small brand. Don't know anything about what I'm doing. They're going to make it all very expensive. They're going to make it all very complicated. It's not going to be anything I can use. So you have to put your, your yourself in the perception and the mindset of other people that are going to be your potential targets and start to recalibrate based on that. I love it. Absolutely. Well, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our big sponsor for the month, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Moira, and I help coaches and consultants get premium value clients using speaking. And I show them how to create a lifestyle of freedom and impact. And over the last seven years, I've been learning everything I could about speaking and what it takes to make offers that people take action on fast. And what I'd like to do is invite you to learn how you can use speaking to fill your business with clients and create an amazing lifestyle in the Dial In Your Destiny Challenge. Over these five days, I'm going to share with you the exact same strategies that I used and my clients used to make six and multiple six figures. There are two ways you can join this challenge as well, not just one. The first one is free and you'll be in the general admission and that'll be awesome. But the second is the VIP experience. And here's the thing. If you want to be a six or seven figure business owner, then you need to start acting like one now. And they always go VIP because they want more than the general public. They want to get more questions answered. And with the VIP experience, you're in a more intimate group 
where I'll be coaching you exclusively on your specific business situation. Plus, you're gonna be invited to join a special Telegram group that I'll be in direct communication with you throughout the challenge so I can understand your specific situation with speaking and your business. And those of you who can't join VIP, listen, you'll still be invited to the Facebook group and that'll be awesome, but you just won't be in the room where I can do the questions and answers with you. But you'll still be in the room, right? For those of you who are looking to get more intimate, you'll really want to be in that VIP and I look forward to seeing you there. Listen, you're going to be able to walk away from this challenge with the exact strategies that you can start implementing in your business so you can use speaking to get qualified leads, connect with your audience in such a way that they want more. And more means filling your business, your programs with awesome clients. So click on the link below and I look forward to seeing you there. And we are back with Ann Candido. And I want to talk to you about this concept of brand love, you know, a little bit deeper. And I'd love to, I also would like to know a little bit about why you named your company Forthright People, because I think there's probably a story there that I'd like to know. So I, I'll let you decide which one you want to start with. But I really do want to dive a little deeper into brand love, because I think that it just, like I said, it just feels good to me. And I want to know why that, why you're inspired to talk with those specific words. Sure. Let me start there too, because the idea of brand is why we named our company Forthright People as well. So, so brand love in its essence is all about creating those emotional connections, like you talked about in the intro, that really transcend your basic product offering, right? It's those emotional connections that create that tangible value. And the tangible value allows you to command higher prices. It allows you to attract more consumers or more customers, more clients more quickly. It helps you scale it helps you create impact. Without that tangible value, you're basically just a commodity and the commodities compete on price. That's the mm -hmm. only thing commodities compete on. For most of us, when we're trying to differentiate within our industry and our category, especially when we're just starting out, we don't want to get into the game of trying to compete on price, right? right? Because that is like a very quick, just basically out. I call it the super highway of relevancy. And I actually have a book on this it's a very quick out because <laughs> you get in a, in a traffic jam and you're just like, I'm stuck because all these other people who have created this equity, who created this emotional connections are going to get priority. And, and that's really what the basis of creating brand love means. And that is what I have seen through all my experience, no matter what size of business, what size of brand, how long you've been in, is the way that you really start defining your brand. And a brand answers three questions. Who am I? How am I different? And why do you want me? And who mm -hmm. am I is not what you do. It's who mm -hmm. you are, why you exist, what's your purpose. The why and how you're different is how are you going to distinguish yourself? Again, not based on price, but again, based on how you're going to make people feel. And then mm -hmm. why do you want me? It's the hardest thing for people to really figure out because our tendency is to tell people that, you know, I'm the best. I have like the, the most offerings. I'm like, that is what you want people to know. But what do people want to know about you right. in order to want you? So you have to really define that and really think about it through, the, again, the lens of your consumer, client, and customer. Mm -hmm. So based on all that and trying to, uh, and, and, and really synthesizing that down into then things that you can use in order to visually set up your brand, like your brand name or your business name, your logo, your colors, your toolkit, all of those identity-based things. That starts holding together and then into a cohesive brand. And that's actually how forthright people came to be. Because as me and April sat down, April Martini, my co-founder, 
um, as we sat down and we started thinking about, okay, what do we want to stand for? What is our brand going to be? The one thing that was very common between the both of us, and by the way, she grew up on the agency side. So we're kind of like come from opposite sides of the marketing tracks is what we say. And you know, together, we kind of formed a complete partnership from a, from a marketing and branding standpoint. But what we'll say is that a lot of times in the marketing world, um, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, um, it, it, because it's so subjective, because it's based on an art more than a science, you get a lot of like double talk all around, mm-hmm. you know? And so what we really appreciate about human interaction and human relationship and what we believe is really fundamentally needed in marketing and branding is the truth. It's mm-hmm. like, and it's a, a respectful truth. It's not necessarily coming in like, slamming you down and, you know, making you feel like you're the biggest idiot in the world. But it's like saying, hey, we know you don't have a lot of money. We know you don't have a lot of time. So we're going to tell you what you need to know. And we're going to tell it to you right now so that you can take action immediately. And that's mm-hmm. where the birth of forthright people really came from is that our whole way, our brain character, the way that we behave and the way that we interact with others is to always be forthright, but respectful. Mm-hmm. I I love so many things. I was taking all kinds of notes. Um, And it's really, it's really important. I, you know, when I teach sales and even when I teach leadership, I always start with ask more questions than, you know, so if you're asking the right questions, eventually you, not every customer is going to be the right customer for you. Not only because you may not have what they need, but maybe that's not the customer that you really want. And the idea of really stopping and saying, why do they want me is a really, really important question because if they don't, if they want you for the wrong reasons, then either your message is, you know, your how you're coming across, you know, might be need to be reviewed or adjusted, or maybe you're reaching the wrong people, or you know, something needs to be tweaked, or maybe that's a really big wake-up call to if nobody really wants this for what I want to charge and how I'm doing it, I'm going to have to evaluate my business again and not just try and um, make it fit. Because I think so many times, especially when people are starting out their entrepreneurial journey, they're like, I don't care if it's a square peg and a round hole. I will beat that till it gets in there. I don't care if I didn't want the, you know, the round peg in there. Um, And instead, you know, having that ability to really ask yourself good questions, and then your customer good questions, you can end up with a business that's not only got great brand love, but that you love. And feel good about. And then that's kind of like that perfect time where it all comes together and works nicely together. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, and this is all about getting out of your own head, right? Because mm-hmm. as you said, square peg, round hole, a lot of times we see that, you know, we call it product market fit, you know, call it whatever you want. But a lot of times we develop the product that we want. And then we're like, okay, I got to fit it somewhere, right? I got to make this thing fit somewhere versus saying, hey, I'm going to think about this from the lens of who I actually want to like me. Mm-hmm. And I am going to develop something that they love. And I'm going to elicit that emotional reaction from that because of that, either mm-hmm. in what I'm selling and the impact that's having on them or the way that I'm selling it. Right. And the impact I'm having on them, because a lot of times us in service groups and agencies and businesses, we're like, we don't have like a thing thing we're selling. So everybody's like, hey, well, I'm not a B2B. I'm like this branding and marketing. I mean, really? I mean, yes, because you know what? 
It is the way that you are providing that service and the emotional impact you're creating in that service is what keeps people coming back. It's what generates the word of mouth is what generates your referrals, which are so critical when you're in a service oriented business, right? So it's about then thinking about, okay, what are their pain points? What are those tensions that they're feeling? What are the opportunities in your industry that like nobody is really paying attention to? And how am I going to uniquely solve for them so that I can translate whatever that tension or that yucky feeling is that they're having into something that's like, I have to have these guys. I have to have them because they're so critical to my life. They're changing my life. They're making my life better. And you might think that your widget doesn't have that kind of impact, but I can guarantee you, and I know you'll say the same thing, Michael, if you sell it in a way that you providing that value it doesn't matter what you're selling, right? Yeah. It's the, what people remember is how you made them feel in the process right. of selling it and the relationship that you're making and how you're making their life better. So yeah. I would say, and I suggest everybody needs to think about it from that context, whether you're selling a widget, a, you know, a product, a service, think about how can you make those people's lives better? And it only takes, like you said, a few questions to really understand where that opportunity is, but then yeah. you might have to rethink about how you're going to approach it And that's what your marketing becomes about. Yeah. And it's really interesting. um, And for my regular listeners, they've heard this story probably way more than they want to. But when I first started um, this company and left corporate America, I worked with a friend of mine who, you know, was, I'm like, I need a website, you know? And he's like, oh, okay. So then let's talk about like what colors and what themes, but he didn't start there. He was like, well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm like, I, all I I don't, I, that time I said, I don't want to go back into any consulting. I just want to speak and train. I'd written my first book then. And so he was asking me these questions. And one of the questions that was really hard to answer was what makes you any different than any other speaker? Mm-hmm. And my first reaction was, it's me. I mean, it's like you, to your point, you know, I'm like, I'm at PNG. Everybody's taking my phone calls. It's me, right? But that question really caused me to start to really dive deeper. You know, what really would make me different? And as he asked me different questions, I got stuck on a few of them. And at first that kind of panicked me. But later I realized that was really good to be stuck on it. Because the best time to be to try and get clear about it is when you're trying to establish that brand. And he, when I finally answered some of his questions, I said, well, you know, besides my expertise, I'm also a little colorful, obviously, you know, I've got crazy color hair, I've got funny shoes, I said, but I, despite what I look like on the outside, I'm really serious about business. And I said, and my goal is always to get the best potential out of every leader and salesperson and organization. And he's the one who came up with shock your potential. And I didn't like it at first. I actually took three weeks to mull it over. I was not sure because at that time, every other speaker that I knew just used their names. But the more I thought about it, I thought, this is really what I needed to lean into is what, you know, how do you establish yourself differently? But those tough questions are sometimes going to be really uncomfortable, but it's important. Yeah, you're absolutely right because it starts to, as has happened with me as well, um, start to unseat the the deep rooted fears of like again the imposter syndrome. If I'm good enough, well, how am I different? Well, maybe I'm not so different. Um, yeah. Then do I really have a business here? But I think you also need to hit the nail on the head, which is your experience and your expertise are uniquely owned to you. Right. And so the way that you might bring even something that somebody else has said a million times to the table to a group of people can make those people hear it differently than they've ever heard it before, because your stories are different. The way that you present it is different. Your personal brand is different. Right. And they might identify with you better. So 
a lot of people, especially going into the entrepreneurial world, kind of get into that, like that level of like, oh gosh, I'm like, you know, did they just stop? And I'm like, embrace the fact that your stories have value. Embrace mm-hmm. the fact that you and your personal brand in your presence has value. I, the other way I try to like get people to really wrap their mind around this, and it's a little bit <laughs> more of a controversial one, which is, you know, if you are, you know, tend to be um, somebody who's a little overweight, who do, would you listen to more about telling you how to lose weight, your husband or a personal trainer, right? right. They could say the, ex- right? They could say the exact same thing. Are you going to yes. listen to what your husband has to say, or are you going to listen to what a personal trainer has to say? So here, that is like the most extreme so example of, of that. And that usually gets a laugh and kind of breaks the ice a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, I, I'm laughing because my husband, the, the last three days, he's like, did you eat another ice cream sandwich today? I'm like, yes, I did. That means there's only three left in the box. And it's not my fault if the box is empty before you get one. And we'll leave one day. If you keep asking me, pretty soon they're going to be gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amen to that. Oh, I love it. Oh, and I love, I love your mission. I just wanted to make one last comment too, because I love the name of your business as forthright people, because it does tell a story. And it does immediately give you the sense of the, these people are going to talk to me. They're going to tell me the truth mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, they're going to ask me to tell the truth, you know, from some really clear places. So I think it's, it was beautifully done. I think that's a great name and it really conveys, but I also love the brand love thing. So I love that today. I'm assuming someday you're going to have a book that's called brand love. Cause I think you should. Well, the super highway of relevancy um, is all about brand love, how to cultivate brand love. So that book is available on Amazon if people want to pick that up. Oh, we do have a book for you. I don't think I had it on the notes. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just uh, didn't read that part because I was didn't have my my glasses on. Okay, well, we will have links to that then as well. So I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your book. But uh, just in case somebody's like, I don't have time for show notes, I need to find her right now. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, you can find us um, on our website, which is forthright-people.com. You can look up me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me there. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So you can follow us around there and get all kinds of brand love tips day in and day out. Um, so those are probably like the, the biggest places you can you can find us. Yes. And you have a podcast. I oh, know I can see and it the podcast. on your yeah. There yeah. You so go. thank you. I almost oh God, April would have killed me if I would have forgot the podcast. Um, yeah. So we have a, a, a podcast called Marketing Smart. So it's all about really getting um, into all the marketing ins and outs. And again, in a very forthright way and really breaking it down. So anybody at any size business can put into action today. So that's on your podcast player of choice. And it's um, we have full, t- full episodes coming out on Tuesdays. And then we also have on Thursdays, what's called Quick Hits, which is the segments of our uh, original ones that if you just only have 10, 15 minutes and you just want like that quick, just dose of inspiration, you can um, get those on Thursdays. I love it. Excellent. Well, before we go, now you've already given us a lot of wisdom, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? You know, I think knowing that a lot of folks are entrepreneurs and and we're all kind of going through the same journey, I would say that, you know, give yourself some grace um, Mm -hmm. and helping yourself just kind of acclimate to the new world. If you are a podcast listener, have a podcast listener, go and consume. That's what I did. A gazillion podcasts. You'll hear stories from everybody all along on different parts of the journey, which I think really helps you feel like 
you're not alone uh, in wherever stage you're at. And then Mm -hmm. also go out and make those relationships. Like I said, create those relationships, create your own brand love through your own personal brand. And the other thing that I always say to from being in the corporate world and that kind of going into this world is enjoy it. I mean, enjoy it. I mean, it, you know, that's probably the hardest thing that we have to do is kind of put some discipline on ourselves. It's like we are now our workday is 24 seven, right? It's like yeah. we can work whenever we want. Take advantage of that. So don't feel guilty that you're getting up in the morning and you want to get your workout in, in the morning and you want to work late. You can do that as long as it's conducive to your family and your lifestyle. So take advantage of all that, find some flexibility, find some opportunity to kind of create some you know, other things that might bring you joy because that's what this is all about. I love it. Excellent. And thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed the story and I've enjoyed the, uh, the input and I promise you, I'm going to start my thoughts from the coffee table again, because now I know that I'm better. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.